118th Psalm. We're going to read a few verses of scripture that the Lord had laid upon my heart. And I would like, by the help of God, to, to preach to you a word from the Lord. I believe God has a word for us today. I just, I just want to feast on the goodness of God this morning. Psalm 118, verse 14. The Lord is my strength. The Lord is my song. And is become my salvation. The voice of rejoicing and salvation is in the tabernacles of the righteous. The right hand of the Lord doeth valiantly. The right hand of the Lord is exalted. The right hand of the Lord doeth valiantly. I shall not die, but live and declare the works of the Lord. I shall not die, but live and declare the works of the Lord. I'd like to preach by the help of the Holy Ghost this morning on this subject. I'm alive on purpose. Look at your neighbor and tell him, I'm alive on purpose. Let's go to the Lord together in prayer. Heavenly Father, we love you and we praise you. We worship you and we give you glory. For you are great and you are greatly to be praised. You are the most high God, high and lifted up. In all of the earth, Lord, you are high and lifted up. We love you and we praise you today. I ask for a special anointing upon each of us as we gather here in your presence this morning. We love you, Lord. We praise your name. And in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said amen. amen. And amen. God bless you in the name of the Lord. This morning you may be seated. The year was 1999. It was... The month of October, Sister Heidi and I had just had our firstborn baby, Anna. Uh, we were about a month and a half into being parents, <clears throat> and we traveled a lot in those days preaching. And we were getting ready to travel for the first time by air with a baby. We were kind of accustomed to just doing it ourselves and footloose, fancy free. There were some new realities in place that we were about to become aware of. We had never traveled by air with a baby. So, so we uh, set out that particular morning to... to uh, do the things you need to do to get ready to, to fly. And we had, of course, packed and prepared. <clears throat> I had greatly underestimated the amount of time needed to do anything with a baby. And when we came to the uh, airport, we were, we were arriving at the airport uh, dramatically later than what we needed to be. So we rushed and raced and ran and pushed stroller and, and uh, did everything that we had to do to try to make this flight. We went through security and learned to our utter dismay that, that we, were, we were going to miss this flight. We were traveling to <clears throat> West Palm Beach, Florida, and the service was that night. And I went to the counter and I said, I must 
arrive in West Palm Beach, Florida tonight. And they said, you're not getting to West Palm Beach, Florida <laughs> this weekend. So good luck with that. I said, no, 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 you don't understand. I'm, I have to get there. I have to preach tonight in West Palm Beach, Florida. They said, well, let's see what we can do for you. And they did some clickety-clack on the computer and keyboard. And then they, they looked up and said, oh, good news. We can get you to Raleigh, Durham, North Carolina. <laughs> I said, well, you know, that would be great news if, in fact, I were going to Raleigh, Durham, North Carolina. But um, I, uh, that's not where we're going. They said, well, there is absolutely no way we can get you to West Palm Beach, Florida. We can get you to Raleigh. And then you can, you can maybe drive from there. You can catch a flight the next morning. I said, I, I, I have to be there tonight. So we talked about it, and we said, just go ahead, put us on standby for the Raleigh-Durham flight. And we, we, we managed, thankfully, to get on the Raleigh-Durham flight. And we, we arrived in Raleigh-Durham, North Carolina. And we are now uh, you know, still quite a ways from West Palm Beach, Florida. We went to the ticket counter in West Palm Beach, Florida, and there was a line of about 30 people, one on, 30 on this side, 30 on this side, it seemed. And I'm standing in the back waiting to put my name in on standby. There's a man at this computer, there's a woman at this computer, and then there's some tall gentleman in the middle of them. He looks back at me, this tall gentleman, looks back at me and uh, motions me forward. I go forward, I hand him my information, and he took it and just kept it to himself, and I walked away. He said it was, he said, I'll, I'll thank you, sir, and I, he walk, I walked away. I went back to my wife, and I said, we, this is hopeless, we're never going to make, do you see how many people are trying to get on standby for this flight? I said, so we've, we're just not going to make this flight, and I and I said, this is really bad because this is the whole purpose of us being in West Palm Beach, Florida. And I'm just so upset at myself and, and we, uh, we're just not able to get there. So, of course, they begin to call the, the standby passengers. The plane has been completely boarded. They have a few standby seats left and they begin to call for standby passengers. All of us, uh, a great multitude of folk, are waiting for our names to be called. And then they come to the last name and it wasn't ours. And I told my wife, I said, see, I told you. I'm not making this flight. We missed this flight. And then the gentleman looked at me and said, now, sir, what is your name? I said, well, my name is Joel Urshan. You are S-H-A-N. I just do that because I know I'm going to have to spell it out anyway. And they said, he said to me, he looked at it and he said, well, why aren't you on the plane? I said, well, because you, you didn't call my name. See, I'm standby, and I would, you would have had to call mine. I didn't want to get thrown off, and you didn't call my name. And he said, no, we, you are confirmed as a passenger on this flight. You and your wife, and, and you're holding a baby, correct? I said, that's correct. And he said, you're going to have to get on this plane now because we're about to close the doors. So we rushed, we ran, we got onto the plane. I said to him, though, I said, before we did, I said, I, I, how did this happen? He said, I don't know how it happened, but you're confirmed on the flight. He said, who did you talk to? I said, I talked to that tall gentleman that was standing there with you by the computers. And he said, what tall gentleman standing next to me by the computer? I said, that tall gentleman, that, 
he couldn't find, couldn't find the tall gentleman anyway. I never did see that man again. But I realized that the Lord had to dispatch an angel to, to get me to my service on time. I'll never forget it. While we were flying to West Palm in the air, the Lord began to minister to me and speak to me and say to me that that you're going to have to preach the whole gospel of Jesus Christ because I have a purpose for why you're going to be in West Palm Beach. This isn't just another date on the calendar. There are going to be people in that building. I have arranged for them to be there. I have arranged for you to be there. This is a divine connection, so you're going to have to hear what I'm saying. I have a word for somebody. Hallelujah. I want somebody to know this morning, this isn't on accident. God is in control. God is on the throne. God knows what he has in mind. Hallelujah. We are alive on purpose. There's a problem today that people sometimes wonder what their purpose is. They wonder, what is the meaning of life? They wonder, is there a purpose for me? They lose purpose or they lack purpose. Better stated, they simply lose sight of purpose. Sometimes they think that their best years are behind them. And so that what they're experiencing now is futile. Many times they think that their best years are ahead of them and that they're just waiting in limbo until those days arrive. But I want somebody to know this morning, if you have a pulse, you have a purpose. There's a reason why you're here. There's a reason why you're alive. There's a reason why God has set in motion the very things you are experiencing in life. Very simply stated, the purpose of every human being is to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. The purpose of every individual, it is the great commission to deliver the good news. I'm going to tell you something, folks. People in the highways and the byways, they need not just good news, they need the good news. People that are hurting and wounded and people that are are so broken in their spirit, they need the good news that is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Your purpose and my purpose is to preach the gospel, to live the gospel, to declare the gospel, to allow our life to be a reflection of the gospel of Jesus Christ. If you have never experienced the life-changing, soul-saving gospel of Jesus Christ, let me declare unto you that the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are afar off. If you ask, what shall we do? May I declare unto you, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Oh, hallelujah. If you only knew what I've been through, you would understand the reason why I sing. Hallelujah. You can't tell it like I tell it what the Lord has done for me. When I look back over my life, 
and I think things over, I can truly say that I've been blessed. I've got a testimony. I've got something to say today. God has been good to me. God has been good to me. He opened up my eyes, touched my soul, healed my body, and made me whole. Hallelujah. I have a purpose. I have a purpose. No, I am not a cosmic accident. I have a purpose. I did not evolve from anything. I am here on purpose. I am alive on purpose. There's a reason the devil couldn't kill me. There's a reason my circumstances couldn't take me down. I am alive on purpose. I'm anointed. I'm appointed. Touched by the power of God. And so are you. off and let your little light shine don't let the devil deceive you into being depressed don't let the devil deceive you into being afraid don't let the devil deceive you into backsliding don't let the devil deceive you into turning your back on God don't let the devil deceive you into discontinuation of loving other people you are here on purpose regardless of your circumstances you are on a particular path because your path will take you into avenues that not everybody will be able to go but we are going into all the various paths of life with one singular message Jesus saves Jesus saves Jesus saves Jesus saves you tell it to everybody you meet you tell it to everybody you see he saves to the uttermost and if you're looking for proof look at me tell them the story tell them the story Don't you hide what God did for you. You tell him what God did for you. You tell him how he brought you out. You tell him how he lifted you up. You tell him how he kept his hand upon your life. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. You shall be witnesses. witnesses unto me now I'm going to tell you something God is on trial in America God is on trial in this world people are trying to decide whether they believe his story or not and we need some witnesses glory to God and you know what let me tell you something he'll put you in the witness protection program The angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear him. He is my shield and my buckler. Glory. He overshadows me. He undergirds me. He encompasses me. He lives inside me. He is my protection and my daily help. 
Can I get a witness? Can I get a witness from somebody who will testify? God is a good God. Yes, he is. You, 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 you look at the Apostle Paul who had a testimony that was so beautiful, so powerful. The scripture says he was riding down the road one day. Now he had in his possession letters authorizing him to murder Christians because they had been deemed as a menace to society. He is riding down the road one day. He is a man with murder in his heart for Christians. And as he's riding down the road one day, a great light began to shine above the brightness of the sun. This great light, as it shines above the brightness of the sun, knocks him off his high horse. He falls down into the road. The folks with him hear a voice, but they see no man. A voice speaks to Saul and says to him, Saul, Saul. Why are you fighting against me? You are finding it difficult because you're not going anywhere. I know you had plans today. Your plans, sir, have changed. And Saul said, who are you, Lord? It was a question. He knew who this was. It wasn't a question of, of who am I dealing with. He was wanting to know a deeper identity because I think I may have mistaken exactly who you are. Because I believe in Jehovah, it's the Christians who worship Jesus that I have a problem with. So Jehovah, who exactly are you? Because I thought I had you figured out. And Jehovah said, I am Jesus. When he heard that, you had to be terrified to hear that news. Because he had been murdering the people who worshipped Jesus Christ. But instead of receiving a heavy hand from the Lord, he received a gentle touch of mercy. Get up. Go your way. I have somebody prepared to come lay hands on you. You will receive your sight. You will be an apostle unto the Gentiles. I will send you into the four corners of this world preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. And what I just did for you, I'm going to do for those who hear your testimony. Saul leaves that place and the, one of the most miraculous conversions in the Bible occurs. And on the strength of that testimony and in the power of that experience that, that began to develop into untold revelation of God, he won to the Lord the Gentile nations. And he is the reason you and I sit here today. This man's testimony that spread throughout Asia Minor, that spread throughout the ancient Middle East, his testimony is the reason why you and I are able to stand here today because he wouldn't be quiet about it. He understood that he was there on purpose and that it didn't matter what he faced or what he came up against. He was there on purpose. 
It didn't matter what position of life he was thrust into. He was there on purpose. I have a purpose for my life. I can tell somebody that the joy of the Lord is their strength. I can tell somebody that Christ in them is the hope of glory. I can tell somebody that there's joy, joy, unspeakable joy in the presence of the Lord. And so he did everywhere that he went. And he touched people's lives. And he ministered in Corinth and Thessalonica and Galatia and Ephesus and Philippi. And on and on his ministry goes. Finally, the Bible says that the Apostle Paul began to feel called to Jerusalem. The Bible says that he felt called to Caesar's household. He had lofty ambitions. So he told folks, I'm going to Jerusalem. He said it this way, I must needs go to Jerusalem well it look like anybody's inviting you to Jerusalem I didn't see any confirmation letter with a conference at the Jerusalem convention center on such and such date at such and such time and we'll get we'll, we'll talk about your flight information I didn't see any information like that he wasn't invited but he was going on purpose appointed anointed sent by God so he goes to Jerusalem now before he goes you gotta understand the church came around him and said now listen we just we just need to tell you that we feel that the Lord has shown to us that you are going to be bound by people for what you are preaching and that they will deliver you unto the Gentiles and that you could very well lose your life and the Apostle Paul said and I still must needs go to Jerusalem. So he goes to Jerusalem. And when he gets there, he's there for like just a few days. And he's in the temple, and somebody recognizes him. They, they saw his, his profile picture on, on his Twitter, and then it matched it up to, that's the Apostle Paul. And, and somebody said, that's got to be him. And then they began to spread word. Listen, listen, we need to understand. This man has come to Jerusalem to preach Jesus Christ to the Jews. And we need to be ready to shut him down. So they approached him. And they caused such a problem for the Apostle Paul in the temple that somebody had to call the police. The police came and they didn't know what was going on because one group of people cried one thing, another group of people cried another thing. The Apostle Paul was having so many accusations hurled at him, none of which were true. And the, the chief didn't know exactly what was going on, so he said, look, why don't you just come with me? So he takes him up this winding staircase, and there Paul is looking down on this this massive group of people and he's taken up off the staircase up to like a platform that leads to the outside and as he's standing there he realizes he's actually got a captive audience he said hold up could you wait just one second I just want to say a little something real quick would you mind he said sure whatever the apostle Paul looked and he spoke to them in the Hebrew tongue when they heard him speak in the Hebrew tongue everybody just quieted down and listened to what he had to say he said, listen, you men of Israel, and hearken to what I'm saying. I want to tell y'all something. I'm not here by accident. I'm here on purpose. I've come to tell you what the good Lord has done for me. 
He said, I was riding down the road one day and a great light shining above the brightness of the sun knocked me off my high horse, knocked me down into the street. And he spoke words to me that day, words that changed my life. And I've never been the same since. When he finished preaching, they started screaming at him again. And the chief of police said, we better go. So he took the apostle Paul. The Bible says that the apostle Paul was kept and they didn't even know why they were keeping him. But he was there not on accident. He was there on purpose. The Bible said that they were going to, to have an opportunity for him to address Felix the governor. Felix the governor came into town because the apostle Paul was determined to see Caesar. So it didn't matter what anybody said. He was going to appeal to Caesar and appeal to Caesar because he had a word and a message for Caesar. So they bring him before Felix the governor. When he gets before Felix the governor, Felix says, listen, you have caused an uproar. And Paul said, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to do that. I'm just here on purpose. I have a word from the Lord. And Felix said, well, what is your word from the Lord? He said, I, 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 you know, I, if you have something, you need to make your defense quickly. He said, well, all I have to say is I want to tell you about what the Lord has done for me. You see, I used to be a murderer. I used to be a Christian killer. The people who are, who are, who are now in my camp, in my party, are people that I used to hate and despise. But God put a love in my heart. God reached down into my life and rescued me from my own hatred and malice and wrath and anger. He said it all happened one day when I was riding down the road. I had in my pocket papers that authorized me to do damage to the Christian people. But a great light began to shine above the brightness of the sun. That great light knocked me off my high horse, spoke words to me, it changed my life, and I've never been the same. And what God did for me that day, he can do for you the same. <laughs> Felix the governor Felix the governor said, come to me at a more convenient season. In fact, it was interesting, before he even saw Felix the governor, he had another moment where he was beaten, where he was, where he was tortured, and they were trying to figure out exactly why people hated him so much they couldn't find out why they hated him. And when he gets done getting beaten and thrust into, into prison, the angel of the Lord shows up and speaks to the apostle Paul and says to him, listen, Paul, listen, be of good cheer because I got a lot more of this for you to do. I don't know if I don't know if be of good cheer is exactly what he was wanting to hear at the moment. I got good news. I got a lot more of this that you're going to do and a lot of the places that you're going to do it. And when he got to Felix and preached the gospel of Jesus Christ, Philip, Felix said, come to me at a more convenient season. What a tragedy that anybody would respond to the gospel by saying, come to me at a more convenient season. And yet I think maybe even here this morning, there might be those who are thinking, I understand what the preacher is saying. I know I need to give my life to the Lord Jesus Christ. I know I need to repent and be baptized, but I'm going to wait until a more convenient season. Don't wait, ladies and gentlemen. Today is the day of salvation. And now is the accepted time. Seek the Lord while he may yet be found. 
And Felix said to the, those who were holding Paul, he said, listen, let's just keep him in bondage because it'll please the Jews. They'll be happy that we're holding him in bondage. And we'll just leave him there. But don't forbid anybody to come and visit him and make it as pleasant for him as possible because this man has done nothing wrong. So Paul is in, is in prison and he's, they're trying to make it as pleasant as possible. You wonder why you're in the prison that you are at this moment. You're there on purpose. You're there on purpose. God has something for you to do. God has something for you to say. God has something that only you are going to be able to do. Not everybody's able to go down into those areas. But Paul's in a place where only he can be. And the purpose of God is pulsating in his life. The Bible says that they came to him and they said, Listen, if you want to get out of this mess, your opportunity is about to arrive. Because King Agrippa is coming. And King Agrippa, when King Agrippa gets here, all you got to do is explain to him why you want out. And you can get out. And the Apostle Paul said, let's do it. I'd love to talk to Agrippa. Meanwhile, the Jews had brought down representatives who were going to accuse Paul of everything they were angry about. So Ananias, the high priest, brings with him uh, Tertullus, who is a, an orator, a certain orator. And the Bible says that Tertullus walks in, and this guy has got a silver tongue. And he explains to Agrippa why Paul is such a bad guy. And it's pretty persuasive. Paul almost started thinking, man, he's got a pretty good point. <laughs> King Agrippa said, now, Paul, do you have a lawyer? Do you have an orator? Do you have somebody who can make your case for you? Because they have stacked the deck against you, man. And you're going to stay in this prison for a long time unless you can come up with something that can persuade us otherwise. Do you have anybody? And Paul said, I do the more cheerfully answer for myself. Well, then what do you want to say? I want to say that... Um, I was riding down the road one day and there was this great light that was shining above the brightness of the sun and it knocked me off my high horse and I fell down in the street and words were spoke to me that day that changed my life forever. I've never been the same since and what God did for me that day, he can do for you the same. He said, after the way which they call heresy, so worship I the God of my fathers. Hallelujah. 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 King Agrippa took Felix over to the corner and he said, what is wrong with this man? Is there anything that he has done that is that has caused him to be imprisoned for this length of time? They said, no, that's what we're trying to tell you. We don't know what to do with him. He said, well, I would have set him free, but he signed the papers appealing to Caesar. For some reason, he is determined to get to Caesar's house. And so he said, I have no choice but to send him on to Italy. And so Paul gets on a ship. He gets on this ship, and this ship sails off towards Italy. And, and the scripture says that, that they started to face some pretty violent storms. The nautical experts didn't know what to do about it. The apostle Paul stood up finally and he had a word. He said, listen, I want everybody to know something. There will be no loss of life on this ship. Now, now don't mistake, the ship is going to get just tore up. But there's not going to be any loss of life. See, you're alive on purpose. The ship might get broken up, but you, you, you are alive on purpose. 
So all of a sudden, just as he said, the ship gets tore up from the floor up. I mean, boards flying everywhere, splinters. And, and Paul is literally floating in the ocean on a broken piece of ship, trying to get to shore. He finally gets to shore. And, and, and you this guy can't catch a break. Everything that he does finds new opposition. He simply, the man's cold and he wants to build a fire. He's building a fire and a snake jumps out and latches onto his arm. And the Bible said that he shook the venomous beast off into the fire. And when the snake latched on, everybody went, he's a murderer. That's the only reason a snake would bite him. That's the judgment of God. He's a murderer. You know what? They were right if you're looking at his past. But we're not looking at people's past. We're talking about new creatures in Christ Jesus. Glory. Then Paul shook the beast off into the fire because the snake bit him and he felt no harm. You might get snake bit, but there's no venom that has any power or authority over you. When he shook the beast off into the fire, then they went, he's a god. This is why you cannot depend on the opinions of people to be your gauge for what is true in your life. People and their opinions are fickle. They will adjust to what you are going through. God is your strength. God is your source of encouragement. God is your very present help in trouble. That, that happened on the island of Malta. Brother and Sister Enos were on the island of Malta as missionaries for a year and a half. Sister Heidi and the girls went over there to minister for them while they were there for a couple of weeks. And uh, I took the girls down to where, where Paul had been bitten by a snake. And I showed them, I wanted them to see this beautiful sight, biblical sight where this moment occurred. And it was marked. And so I said, now I want you to follow me down here. I said, now this is the place. This could have very well been the exact area where the Apostle Paul had floated up to this shoreline, came up onto the shoreline on a broken piece of ship, and he came over here cold and wet, needing some heat for his body. I said, and he grabbed some brush and some wood, kind of like I'm doing right now, and he began to build a fire, and right while he's grabbing the, right while he's grabbing the brush and the wood, a snake jumped out. And then I got to thinking, And I said, so then he built the fire, the snake jumped out, threw the snake in the fire, and he ran, and everything was fine. And so, good story. Let's go. <laughs> I'm going to tell you something, ladies and gentlemen. No weapon formed against you can prosper. You shall tread on serpents. You shall tread on scorpions. In the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus Christ. The apostle Paul got that, apostle Paul got that fire built. He ended up gathering people around to talk to him. He ended up developing camaraderie and friendship and fellowship with those guys and he sat him around and he started talking to him and he said listen I want to I just want to you know get to know you guys and maybe tell you a little bit about me I was riding down the road one day and a great light was shining above the brightness of the sun Woo. see you got to tell the story 
You got to tell about the sleepless night. You got to tell the story. You got to open up your mouth and let folks know he is a savior and he is a healer and he is a redeemer and he answers prayer and he hears the cry of a human's heart. Hallelujah. You got to tell that story. Because God is interested in saving souls. The answer to society's ills is salvation. Salvation. One of the great accounts of the scriptures is is found when the apostle Paul is having a, a dream. And in this dream there is a man of Macedonia saying come over and help us. Come over and help us. And when Paul awoke from his dream, he was determined to go to Macedonia, Philippi, and help those people of Macedonia, Philippi, and bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to them. Later, when he wrote to the church at Corinth, he confessed that this was one of the most trying times of his life. He said, without were fightings, and within were fears. We were troubled on every side. This is what Macedonia Philippi was like. But hear the voice. He can't get away from it. Come over and help us. So the apostle Paul gets ready. He goes to Macedonia, takes his trusty, dusty sidekick, Silas. And they walk into Macedonia. And the first thing that they do is they find a woman by the name of Lydia She's a wealthy woman. She's a merchant. She sells purple, very valuable commodity in those days. And and they win her to the Lord. And so they have now had an impact on a whole industry by winning Lydia to the Lord, a seller of purple. They just walking through the streets preaching the gospel. I was riding down the road one day, riding down the road one day. Great light above the brightness of the sun. He did it for me. He can do it for you. God is great. God is good. And all of a sudden, this little woman comes in behind him and starts to say some things. It didn't really sound all that bad, what she was saying. She said, these be the great men of God who come to show us the way of salvation. Maybe the first time he heard it, he thought, I like that. Keep it up. But the more that it went on, something didn't resonate. And the Apostle Paul realized, what is it that's lacking? What is it that's problematic here? And And it occurred to him, it's an unclean spirit. And he looked at this woman and said, you have a spirit of divination in you. And the only reason you know that we're great men of God is not because of your support for us. It's because you have an evil spirit communicating with you. And he cast that spirit of divination out of her. Now what he may not have known was that she was a very lucrative part of the fortune telling industry. Let me tell you something. When you start doing a work for God, you can shut down a whole industry that is not of God. I was preaching in Halifax, Nova Scotia, an outdoor meeting in downtown Halifax, Nova Scotia, Canada. And there were, and there were tarot card readers lined up across the, the, the walkway there. And when we began to sing songs of praise to the Lord and preach the word of God, they began to rise up and said, this, we don't want this. This is hurting our business. This is a problem for us. We had a permit to be there, so they couldn't remove us from the location. But they were complaining. They were calling the authorities. And so we, we went on with our service. A year later, we went back. 
One of those tarot card readers was still standing there with their arms crossed, but out of business. And he told one of the people that was working with us, he said, I know exactly who these people are. I used to have a thriving tarot card reading business. Back a year ago, they came and they lifted up praise unto the Lord. I haven't been able to get a good reading since. That's what happened to this woman who was filled with a spirit of divination. When he cast the spirit of divination out of her, she no longer dabbled in witchcraft. She only wanted the Lord Jesus Christ. It shut down the fortune-telling industry. And as such, it enraged those merchants responsible for her employment. And they said, these guys are a problem economically. And so they, they rose up against them. It ended up putting Paul and Silas in jail. Now, 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 if you know your Bible, then you know that if you want to stop Paul and Silas, the last place you put them is in jail. Because they're not, they're, they're, not, they're, they're not in jail on accident. They're in jail on purpose. And when they get there on purpose, see, if you're there on accident, you're going to get depressed. You're going to moan and groan and be, be complacent and complain about why this has got to be this way. But when you're there on purpose, then you know there's only one thing to do. Pray and sing praises to the Lord. Pray and sing praises to the Lord. Pray and sing praises to the Lord. I don't know what you're going through, but I do know what you should do next. Pray and sing praises to the Lord. They prayed, they sang praises unto the Lord, and at midnight, an earthquake shook the foundation of the jail. Now, that's important. It didn't just come rattle the bars. It didn't just come pick the lock. It came and shook the foundation of that jail to where everyone's bands were loosed and everyone's doors were open. I mean, it was a massive earthquake, and it rocked that jailhouse, and it upended that jailhouse, and the doors flew open, and the shackles fell off. That's the kind of earthquake God wants to bring. When the Philippian jailer realized that everybody's doors were opened and everyone's bands were loose, he concluded that they must have all escaped and that his life would now be required of him. In this desperate moment, the Philippian jailer reached for the nearest weapon. And he proceeded to begin taking his life. The apostle Paul wiped the dust off of his clothes. Looked out to see if everybody was okay. Looked this way. Looked that way. He saw a Philippian jailer about to take his life. He yelled, no! He rushed to him, stop! He got to him, he grabbed his hands, he said, don't do it, it's not worth it. Don't take your life, everyone is here and accounted for. I want you to listen to me. I was riding down the road one day. <laughs> and a great light was shining above the brightness of the sun. And I've never been the same since. And what he did for me that day, he can do for you, for your children, and their children too. It's the Holy Ghost. It's the Holy Ghost. 
Oh, somebody ought to give God praise this morning. I said somebody ought to give God praise this morning. He who brought you out. He who picked you up. Come on, let's stand to our feet and clap our hands unto the Lord. Let's clap our hands unto the Lord. Ah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I, I don't know what exactly has attacked your sense of purpose, but I know where it came from. It came straight from hell. Because the enemy never wants you to realize exactly why God has you here. It's not simply to survive. It's not simply just to get through another day. It's certainly not to live depressed and defeated. You have purpose. Hallelujah. Why don't you just put your hand on the shoulder of the person next to you. Hallelujah. And let them feel the praise of God that you have in your heart. Come on, that's it. Praise the Lord. I want somebody to praise God for your testimony. Come on, if he brought you out, praise him. Hallelujah. If he settled your mind, praise him. If he healed your body, praise him. Hallelujah. Come on, you've got a reason to praise him. You've got a reason to praise him. You remember, hallelujah, you remember what it was like. Come on, let's fill this place with testimony. Let's fill this city with testimony. God has been good to me. I said, God has been good to me. He opened doors that I could not see. He woke me up, started me on my way. I've got a reason to praise the Lord. I've got a reason to praise the Lord. I've got a reason to give my God all of the praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Woo! Woo! Hey! Come on, somebody. Come on and give God the praise. Come on and give God the praise. Now we're getting ready to praise the Lord in this house. I want somebody who has felt the breath of the enemy on your back. I want you just to step out of your seat right now, come to the front and say, I've got a reason to praise the Lord. I've got a right to praise the Lord. Come on, come on. He brought me out without a doubt. He saved my soul and made me whole. Come on, if you got a reason to praise him, I want you to come down and rejoice in the God of your salvation. Hallelujah. Come on, clap your hands. Jesus is the reason why I sing. Yes, he is. 